Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. Happy New Year. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack, Flow Track Podcast. At gmail.com is the email address. We're talking bold predictions for 2022. Gordon, hello. How are you? I am doing good. Uh, New Year. I know technically it's January 3rd, but today is really January 1st. The New Year never starts on a weekend. It always starts on a Monday. Haven't done anything for the past two weeks. That's how long the holidays were. So today is actually the beginning of the year. I don't know what anyone else has to say. But, you know, what did I do? What's one thing I did? You recorded with me a bonus pod that's available the members of our youtube channel so if you are a member you go to the flow track podcast youtube page you can find that bonus episode that we did we recorded it on december 30th your birthday there's a special gordon birthday pod extravaganza where we talked about uh, relays we'd like to see in 2022 so we talked about british versus u.s women's four by we talked about which country could put together the best dmr four by one could you construct a roster that could beat the jamaican women spoiler alert no not even close you could not do that but you should check it out and if you're not a member yet and you want to become a member become a member go find that uh episode there it's right is it there where do we see it? oh relays we'd love to see look at that put throw that thing up there travis or uh colt we got a little members only tag there uh 41 minutes and 58 seconds of goodness there so people can check <laughs> it out become a member yeah do it great so we'll do this once a month and we'll do some more stuff we're figuring it out as we go new year new pod Mm -hmm. figuring it out make it happen but yeah i'm excited for 2022 i got my calendar this is 31st on my screen i'm gonna rip it off get rid of that we're down now we're down to now we're just down to blank pages of my calendar i need a new calendar i need a new calendar so Done. I Get went to uh, see Joel Embiid over Christmas. That was fun. I got as close as possible to him. 
I yelled Jojo as loud as possible. It was fun. I had a good time. Did he acknowledge anyway. you? He did not. I think he might have. Because we were in D.C., so there wasn't as many Sixers fans as there are D.C. fans. And I would scream his name constantly. And I would hope that he would recognize. But he probably gets his name screamed out a lot. The irony, though, his nickname is Mm -hmm. JoJo. I was sitting next to my significant other who's also named JoJo. So it was a weird situation where she was like, why do you keep screaming my name Mm -hmm. in public like you're – like a 12 year old girl at a Backstreet Boys concert. And I was like, well, uh-huh. it's because it's JoJo. I was excited to see JoJo with JoJo. You know, it's very common. Power rank your JoJo's. Go. Well, power rank my JoJo's. Ooh, uh, depends on who's listening. But I mean, right now in season, I got to go Joel <laughs> oh, no. one, oh, JoJo no. two. Oh, no. Out of season, oh, no. I'll definitely go JoJo one, Joel two. So depends hey, on what's Travis going Clint. on. Travis, clip that and tag at Jojo Shea on Twitter if you can. Uh, one more thing before we get going. Uh, Philadelphia sports moment that I saw. The Eagles were playing in Washington. I saw Jalen Hurts was going off the field. Some Eagles fans were leaning on the side of the stadium to give him a high five. And then the fencing or whatever was supposed to be holding them up didn't. And then they crumbled and they fell uh, into basically the tunnel area. And Jalen Hurts handled it really well and like gave him high fives and stuff. But then the guys like were just like lingering like way too long around. Like they wanted pictures and stuff. And he's like, all right, cool. I got to go. I got to go. And then the security guy had to get involved. But it made me think if that was you, because I was like, there's a chance. Because this was in, you know, in D.C. You were just in D.C. Like this could have been you, maybe not at an Eagles game, but maybe at a, at a Sixers game. I wonder how you would have handled it. Yeah, I mean, I was that. Put this, put this video up, Colt. You can see the, 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 the crash. Colt's going to see it on the screen. But – uh, I mean, I was that guy for the Sixers game. I was right there watching Joel Embiid walk off the uh, the court. So I could have yeah. been this person watching Jalen Hurts. You know, I think, you know, one, Washington needs to get their act together and learn how to build railing. I think that's yeah. uh, problem number one. But two, I always think, like, could this ever happen at the Armory? Because for those of you who haven't mm-hmm. if you've been – if you've seen the Armory, it's a unique indoor track where there's kind of like stands all around the top, and it's kind of like hovering over the yeah. track. Now, I'm sure this would never happen because it would have happened by now, but can you imagine they get too many people in there and then they're just people falling on top of the track because of like watching some crazy event at the Armory? I always thought that could happen potentially because sometimes it gets really packed in there, especially during like big invitationals when there's all these people. And people getting excited about watching. But yeah, you see yeah. on the track, put that up on the screen, Colt. You see the the the, st- the stands. We'll wait for it. We'll wait for the there you go. You see the stands, mm-hmm. they kind of hover over the, the back stretch and the front stretch. So I don't know. I feel like that could potentially Not, happen. Someone can fall on top of a fall into don't lane do that. four or five. Don't in 2022. Don't do that. That's my. That's one of my goals for 2022. I, I'm not, not a heights person. They they were putting a lot of pressure on that railing. Like when you watch yeah. the, the the replay, you just see how many of them. How many times did you have patted them on the shoulder before you've been like, all right, this is getting a little too much. I should probably leave. Oh, uh, you stay until someone forces you to leave. That's the rules. Oh, okay, you just keep yeah. patting them on the shoulder, Pat. Okay, yeah, you're you, you're drunk after a three hour game. Just watch them make the playoffs. You're not going to just be like, okay, see you later. Have a good one. You're going to take advantage of that moment as long as possible. All right. 
Gordon with the Philadelphia sports perspective there. All right, let's get into the bold predictions for 2022. We both have three normal ones and then one bonus one. So we'll call them eight total. We will alternate as we go. So I will allow you to go first, Gordon. You can go in any order. You don't know, need to go from most bold to least bold. You can pick however you want to do this. Okay, I, I think I'm going to start with something that I've been having as a bold prediction since the beginning of time. It feels like that mm. way, at least, with with COVID, pandemic, and all that stuff. I'm going once again, my bold prediction for 2022, Kentucky's Abby Steiner will not only break the 200-meter collegiate record, but will go on and make the USA team. And it would be a hard team to make because, you know, you got, you got – Gabby Thomas on that team. Jenna Prandini's been running well. So it's going to be a hard team to make. But Abby Steiner, Kentucky college kid, breaks a 200-meter record in college and goes on to make Team USA. Outdoors. She's talking about outdoor record. She already got the indoor yes, one. outdoors. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's. I don't think that's that crazy of a prediction given how fast she's run. I think at the very least, she would have been in the finals at trials last year if she had been healthy, don't you think? Yeah, hundred percent. I think she would have been top three if she was healthy. I mean, this is yeah. a long running. This is a three year. The length of COVID is the length of this prediction. You know, we're in okay. year three of the prediction, but we're going to keep it going. It has yet to be not proven correct because there's been situations that have caused it. You know, there was a COVID, there was an injury. We're waiting for mm-hmm. it. This is the year 2022. Abby Stein. Yeah, I mean, end of 2021. She ran really fast, got the 300-meter indoor record, so she's been great indoors. I think on these long-running predictions, though, they get less bold as you go along because the athlete gets older and more experienced and better and better. So eventually, eventually, I think you're going to get some pretty some pretty good odds. What would you say – I mean, do you want to take this a step further, though? Makes U.S. team – you want to put on the podium? No, 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 no. You're supposed to go with me on that one, Gordon. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, well, I can't be too positive. You'll see some of my predictions aren't too positive. No, I mean, I think she'll make the final. I think she can make the world championship final. But podium, there's someone named uh, Elaine Thompson, hurrah. There's Christine Mm -hmm. Mboma. There's some other very talented athletes that she's not ready for. I'm not ready to put her... If... Here's the difference. The women sprinters internationally are a lot better than the Americans than it is on the men's side, right? If she was a man and I was making this prediction that she would make the 200-meter team in the U.S., I think it would be safe to say that that person would go on to medal at Worlds. But on the women's side, the Jamaican women are good. Obviously, you have Dean Asher Smith, Shawnee Miller, Weibo. You could go on and on. It's not a U.S.-dominant event for the women right now so yeah i agree i was just setting you up i was just setting you up to to take that avenue if you wanted to you did not that's fine so first world prediction for gordon mack abby steiner 200 meter outdoor record and makes the u.s team i'm gonna go opposite end of the spectrum i'll go distance i'll go distance galen rupp will win the world championship marathon in eugene oregon Main reason why I believe this is going to happen. He is going to be one of the few medal contenders globally who prioritizes this event, I believe, because it's in 
Eugene, Oregon. That's where I went to college. Lives in Portland. It makes sense. It's an opportunity to wear Team USA jersey and go for gold. Those opportunities don't come around often, especially at home. Kipchoge is the one guy who hovers over this event. I, I don't think he'll run the World Championship Marathon. I think a lot of, of the best men in the world and best women in the world won't run the World, world Championship Marathon because that's just been the tradition. If you go back and you look at the history of this event, there's a lot of people who not just medal, but who won gold, who you're like, oh, that was the highlight of their career. It wasn't like they won three majors and then went into a world championship and then won it. Have there been some talented people who have won it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You you go back to 2019 in the heat of Doha and DeCisa won it. Obviously, he's a great, great marathoner. Came in with a lot of, of uh, um, but there's been other champions in the past um, who have won it who you probably could not name off the top of your head. So I think he's going to go in there against a beatable field on a course that he's going to be very familiar with. And he's going to get the job done and he's going to get gold. I mean, there'll be the first time in history. Maybe not. I don't know. You think he'll sleep in his own bed the night before the marathon? No, I think he'll sleep in Eugene. I think he's going to drive two hours in the morning in the race. But I like that you're getting to that level of detail, Gordon. That is good. You're wondering. You're going all the way ahead, July 2022, where will Galen Rupp sleep the night before the race? I wasn't going to that level of detail. I just think he's going to run the course a million times. And listen, you know this sport, and you know how world championships work. A lot of times, athletes on the marathon side of things, they're like looking for reasons to compete or reasons why it's going to be tough. It could be pretty dang hot in Eugene, right? So the weather's not going to be great. And for us in the United States, oh, it's this massive spectacle. But if you're from some other country, going to Eugene to run a marathon when you could be preparing for – because London's going to be in the fall still, again, Berlin, Chicago, New York. Now, some people are going to try to do both. Perhaps we see more people do both. But for us in America, it's a huge deal that it's in the United States. For people from other countries, it's, okay, cool. It's another world championships in a place where I have to fly a really long way to, and the marathon's going to be hot. And I haven't seen the course. I don't know what it's like. Rupp, right, can run it the course as many times as he needs to, to be super prepared for the weather. And, and I, I just think everything's aligning for him to get that, to get that win. Here's the thing. Did, I, did you agree with my prediction that uh, Abby Steiner will – like Team USA, can you do you agree with that prediction? I mean, I'm not going to predict it, but I don't think it's crazy. See, that's how I am with you. I'm not going to predict it, but I also don't think it's crazy that Galen Rupp would win. So I think we're we both are on the same wavelength here with our predictions. Where I, I can see this in your brain, Kevin. I can see this happening. So okay, here's the thing. I'm going for here's the thing. I, we I got this it. comment. We, we got this comment to echo what you're saying from Tampa Eagle, who's a member, by the way. Kevin is crazy. Rupp has seen his best day. Here's the thing. He could still win even though he's seen yeah. his best day. That's my, that's my point. That's my point. He doesn't need to be peak Galen Rupp. He can be really solid Galen Rupp like we saw in Chicago where he got second, and he can win this race just because of the quality of the field and the built-in advantages that he's going to have. I'm not saying we're going to have a renaissance throwback Galen Rupp 
2012 performance. We don't need to, or 2016 performance. We don't need that. All he needs to do is run solid. He runs like he did in 2021. He could even run as well as he did in the Olympics. Like I know in the Olympics he got eighth, but that'll be an interesting test. How many of the people who beat him in the Olympics will be on the start list for Eugene 2022? I think it's going to be a very small number of people who actually be on that list, and he'll have an advantage over some of the ones who run. Now, is my prediction completely null and void if one E. Kipchoge shows up? Yes. Then I immediately want a mulligan, and we will cut this from the podcast archives. Because this is, this is a Kipchoge-exclusive promotion. It is void if Iliad shows up. Here's a list of champions. So, Here, let, let's put up there. So Karui... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to argue, like, Karui's probably the one that you can look at the most that's like a Galen Rupp-esque type career. Because Karui, he was... Fifth in the 2019 Boston, sixth in 2018 Chicago, second 2018 Boston, you know, first 2017 Boston, seventh 2016 Amsterdam, third 2016 Rotterdam. Like those are all kind of very similar results that Galen Rupp has had at majors leading into this. So I can, I definitely see Galen Rupp being winnable again this isn't if again if Kipchoge's there different story but yeah non-Kipchoge races anyone can win I mean Galen could have won the Olympics if if two things would have went if Kipchoge didn't show up and if he had a better day and I think he I mean he got eighth but like he was in it he he just Mm -hmm. you know he wasn't like overmatched I mean obviously he didn't have the best of day but you know he just got second at Chicago Marathon. Like, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's possible. Look, Bashir Abdi and Nagui, who went silver bronze um, from Netherlands and Belgium, are they going to come all the way to Eugene to run a world championships? Maybe, maybe, but those guys are also commanding a really big payday yeah. for the fall marathons. And maybe they'll still be, you know, they run the spring marathon and they're not ready to turn around that quickly and, and run one over the summer. I just think of the top, if you take, okay, you put Kipchoge in his own tier, right? Obviously, you put Kipchoge in his own tier. Then maybe you make another tier with Lawrence Chirono, put him and maybe one or two other guys. Then there's that next group where it's Rupp and a whole bunch of other guys. Of those guys, who do we know is going to show up and be, like, be selected by his country and show up? You feel the most confident about Rupp because you know he's going to be selected, and we have a pretty good feeling that he's going to actually run the race. So. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't need to be. The irony of all of this is, and this is perfect for track, Galen Rupp could get his only gold medal in a in in not even like one of his top four or five best races of all time. Yeah, that's true. Because he's like no one who not pays. Pe- yeah, he's yeah. not peak yeah. uh, Galen Rupp marathoning or peak Galen Rupp 10K, but a yeah. B plus marathon Galen Rupp could win a world championship. Exactly. Exactly. That's my point. Okay. We will go back to you now, Gordon, for number two. Number three. Sorry. Okay. Prediction number three. So sure. I'm going to th- throw in a, a few uh, not so positive predictions, but I feel like we're due. I've been with FlowTrack for eight years now. I've seen the rise and not the fall, but I've seen the cycle of elite athletes come and go into the sport. We're where you are the guy or you are the girl, and then all of a sudden, it's over. Like, you just don't have it anymore, and you're out of the sport. You get injured the next year, and then you're done, right? Like, 
people don't stay great forever. There's an end point to greatness, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes you're not expecting it. You think like, oh no, like how dare you, you bet against this person or you, you keep betting against this person and then they always prove you wrong, right? There was a person who people would always bet against and then you always were proven wrong. And that person was Leo Manzano, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone thought this is the last year for Leo. He's not going to do it. It's over. But then he did it. He would make another team. And they're like, oh, no, no, this time it's the last year. And then he would make another team. He kept doing it until eventually it was actually his last year. I'm going to say it. I think Matt Sentowitz does not make the 1,500-meter team in 2022. That is my bold prediction. I think 2021 was his last year of making a world championship team. I could see him finding a way to get into the 5K maybe, or dare even say the 10K, probably more likely the 5K, but I think – I more 5k i think with the rise of hawker hawker's not going anywhere i think someone like hobbs kessler now has a year of experience under his belt he's coming into the mix obviously still have yaron nagus who made a team craig engels is still fighting fighting for that spot who's like five years younger maybe than centro i just think that age and career tra trajectory i think this might be the year where he gets fourth similar to how where Leo got fourth in the twenty was it twenty sixteen trials, mm -hmm. and then after that it was done. I could see this being his last. He's still gonna be good. Like he's still gonna make the final. He's still gonna be able to be top three. But I think he comes up and gets fifth, and then th that starts like kind of the end of the run. I hear what you're saying about the cycle of an athlete, but when I watched Centro and Eugene last year at the trials, that didn't look like a guy who was hanging on for dear life. I think he's got another run left in him. It wasn't as if he squeaked onto the team. He was battling Hawker for the win. He was closer to winning that race than being left off the team in fourth. Cause there was basically two races that developed, right? The race for the win and then the race for the final spot. Now, the Olympics did not go well for him, but in terms of, and it's obviously going to be tough to compete with Chariot and Ingebrigtsen, et cetera, et cetera. But just to make the team, I think he can do it. If we were going into an off year, if 2022 was a non-championship year, and then we were doing the, and he just had a ho-hum season and didn't run that much, and then we were going into 23, and we're thinking, okay, what is, what does Central have left? I think I would, buy more of this, but we just, I mean, the, 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 the U S championships are in June, right? Like he doesn't need to hang on for that much longer. And I think he's going to be motivated by the fact he barely lost to Hawker. He's going to like racing at home. Just as we talked about the other Oregon athletes, they're going to be pumped to race at home. I think this is close enough to, to Tokyo that that disappointment is going to fuel them. And I think we're going to get at least one more central run. And you might, you may very well be correct. Again, I'm not saying he is washed and it's over. Like he's gonna, like, fail to make a U.S. final. I think he will be making the U.S. final. I think he'll be in it with two hundred meters to go. I just feel like this is the day. This is the year he gets fourth. Now, if you can get fourth 
at a U.S. championship, you easily can get second, right? At the yeah, the margin yeah. of victory for fifteen hundred meter runners between fourth and second, a lot of times is like luck or just that extra half a second here or there. So I'm just going on the bold prediction. I'm going to go bold yeah. and say he finishes on the fourth side as opposed to on the second side. It is bold. He's you're right. It's bold. Anytime you're picking somebody to miss a team after making them since 2011. Yeah. That's that's bold. That's bold. It is so bold. I will I will I will give you that. All right. I'm going to go bold here too cuz I was on my phone on Christmas Gordon, scrolling around. I don't post on Instagram much, but I check it. And I was like, "Man, I got a new follower." This is crazy. This never happens because I never post. Who followed me? Grant Holloway on Christmas. Wow. Hit the follow button. So as I was prepping at the same time for this show, and I thought, because I'm thinking bold predictions, I'm thinking early. So Grant Holloway was in my head. And I thought, hmm, I could see Grant Holloway running the table in 2022, indoors and outdoors. Now, a lot of these predictions that we do, Gordon, a lot of these predictions that we do, you have a, it's just about the world championships or it's just about the trials. So we never know if it comes true until August or until June. I wanted a prediction that I could get wrong in January or I could be proven right in September. That's what I wanted. So I'm predicting Grant Holloway to be undefeated in all finals in 2022. And on top of that, he's going to go under the existing world record of 1280, not once, but twice. That's my bold prediction. Now, I, what about 60 hurdle world record? That counts. Oh, well, he already has that. I'm predicting under 1280 twice, but he doesn't lose indoors. He doesn't lose outdoors. Clean sheet in 2022. He had a clean sheet in 2021 until the Olympic final, correct? He, that is my recollection. Let me double check. Do you, do you feel like Holloway goes into 2022 with a lot of pressure? He did only lose once. You're correct. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe this is not to... as bold then. <laughs> I'm pretty him to win one more race than he did in 2021. But I'm saying sub-1280 twice. Do you think yeah, he has I a lot of pressure? Feels... Well, I think he's going to feel more pressure in the next Olympics because he already has a world championship gold which means he's not going to need to run USAs. I hope he does, because I think that's one spot where he could definitely break the, the world record. Um, no, I think the more pressure is going to be 24. That makes sense. Because then, so, yeah, am I going to still have it all the way to 2028? Yeah, you only get, yeah. you only get a, a few amount of opportunities at the Olympic. Yeah, no, that's a good prediction. I can see that happening. It's a, it's a hard one, too, because you could there could be a day when Holloway just isn't feeling it on a random continental tour yeah you know race that he's like you got you know went out partying the night before drinking too much wine because we know grant holloway loves his wine and then he's like ah oops and runs like a 13-4 and gets beat the mm-hmm. guy runs like 13-39 or something so but i like the prediction good prediction all right yeah i thought for some i know obviously he lost at the olympics but i thought he had one other loss there so going from one loss to zero losses, again, not that crazy. Although, I'm curious, this French athlete, Sasha Zoya, the one who did 12-7 on the lower hurdles as, and broke that junior record, I'm interested to see what he has. Hopefully, 
now that he's in the senior ranks, uh, if he competes against Hollywood, that could be pretty fun. All right. You got two more. Give me one of your remaining two. Uh, go positive here after being pretty negative on my previous prediction. I'm going with another distance athlete who I think will get gold in Eugene. Mm. I'm going with finally Paul Chalimo gets his gold. He's been close many years. He was close in 2016. He was close in 2017. He was, you know, got third. I mean, 16, 17, 19, and 21. What was he in 19? I forget. He was out of the medals in 19. He was like, okay. So 16, 17, and 21. He's medaled. Yeah, he medaled. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's gotten the silvers. He's gotten his bronzes. It's time for him to get his golds. I think he gets gold. I feel like this is his year. I think this is his final good year. If I had to predict that the mountain curve is going to start going down after 2022. So this will be his, mm-hmm. his final time at his peak. And I think he's going to go for it. And I think he gets it. And I think uh, he's uh, going to have some of that Hayward magic, as they say. And I think he wins gold in 2022 in Eugene. This is bold. This might this be the bold. boldest. This might be the boldest one yet, I think, of any of these predictions. Because I look at that bronze as like a massive accomplishment in 2021. That 5,000 field was tough. A lot of big names in there. And it's going to get, it looks like it's going to get even tougher in 2022. It just, it's a, it's a really tough event right now. Now, some of that depends on the schedule at the world championships and who runs what. <laughs> and if the, if the, if the 15 and the five double is possible, we know they always make the five and the 10 double possible, but yeah, he, I mean, chapter guy got gold, Ahmed silver. Those two guys aren't going anywhere. You had Chalimo in third, but you could see a situation where Ingebrigtsen goes for the double. And then you gotta, you gotta throw him in there. Ethiopia is going to send, Three really fast guys. They did not run well. They only got one guy through to the final in 2021, which was a surprise. I I think it's that that is a very very bold prediction. I think him meddling again is amazing. The fact that he's collected three medals is amazing. It's an underrated U.S. distance running stat. I think that Chalimo has just been picking up these medals, championship after championship, and he's doing it in a very, I don't know, like, you're right. Like, the regular season, I mean, he'll do crazy stuff during the regular season, right? He'll have that trials race where he finishes in lane four. Or he'll go to USA's. Remember the year in USA's? I don't remember which one it was, but he went, like, just blew everybody away when it was a million degrees in, in, in Sacramento. That, that wasn't a year he won. But he has all these very, very, very bold performances. But then you get to the championships, and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know, like his PB is, you know, he hasn't been like lightning on fire in the diamond leagues. Um, and he gets it done. He gets it done every single time. Very kind of similar to Jenny Simpson, how she would get it done or Bernardo the God, just like figuring out ways to get medals, but gold, that's a big ask. That's very big given this field. Well, you know what they say, go big Mm -hmm. or go home. So I'm going big, bold, it's bold prediction time, man. I got to, I'm not yeah. going to say I think Sidney McLaughlin qualifies for the 400-meter hurdle team. All right, that was my third one. 
So I'm <laughs> kind of bummed that you took it. No, I have one that's I think that'll rival the boldness. When I say it, you won't think it was, but when I tell you the numbers, you will. And it's the U.S. women will break the four by four world record. There was talk about this in Doha because of McLaughlin and Muhammad being on the team. There was talk of it in Tokyo because you had a thing, Mo, you had Allison Felix and you had McLaughlin and Muhammad again, you had the superstar team. But if you actually look at the numbers, Gordon, the Soviet union has a world record from 1988, 315.17. The U S team that ran in Tokyo was fifth all time. It was the third best American team, 316.85. So one point six or so seconds back and you're looking at those splits and you're looking at is the the splits that are listed on all all all-time athletics sydney let let off 50.2 felix 49.3 delilah muhammad 48.94 a thing mo 48.3 and you're thinking okay i could see each of them improving or a different person coming in and running a little bit faster like there's some time to shave off there but to get the world record this these were the splits from the soviet union from 88 in seoul 50.1, 47.8, 49.4, 47.8. They had two 47.8 women. So how is the U.S. going to match that? I'm not entirely sure. That's what makes this a bold prediction. But I think I think think Mo can run a little bit faster. I think Sidney McLaughlin can run a a little bit faster. And Muhammad, Felix, who's ever in that other spot, I think there's going to be – there'll be another breakout star in the quarter this year maybe a young person that we're not even thinking about who can burst onto the scene, maybe Quinera Hayes motivated by her diamond league run. I think they can cut off time. It's going to take a very special day. And maybe part of it, Gordon is just Tokyo was all about individual events. And Eugene will be all about the individual events as well too. But think of the pressure that was on McLaughlin and Muhammad and what that race took out of them, that battle again. Think about a thing, Mo, being in her first Olympics, going to the well. Think about Allison Felix trying to defy the odds and get one last medal in her individual event. Individual events are always going to be priority, but the individual events for those four women in Tokyo, I think, took just a massive toll on them going into the relay. They still ran really well, still ran really fast, but I'm thinking they can get get this world record in 2022. It's going to take a lot, though. Do you think is Allison Felix planning on running? Do we know that for sure? I don't think she's announced it one way or the other. It wouldn't. I mean, she's always she always said it was her last Olympics. She never said it was her last track season. Um, okay. And I, whenever I look at relay splits, I think of Felix's forty-seven-seven as the gold standard of splits from twenty fifteen. So when Soviet Union had two women who ran forty-seven-eight, you're like, all right, well, so you need to. But the way you do this is with a balance of four. You don't need a 47.8. You just need four women um, running yeah. solidly. That's good. That's good. Bold prediction. The, the The hard part about it is it's only going to be one attempt. Correct. You know, so they yeah. have to be willing to do it on that day. It, it, and they're not really going to be pushed. Like they're going to they're going to be by themselves. And they're going to they want are they going to want to go for it? Like are they going to be tired? Or are they be like let's just get the gold medal and get out of here? Um, that's why it's coming hard. Like typically a, a world record attempt, it has like multiple times attempt throughout a year. Yeah. But here yeah. you only get one shot, one opportunity. And I wanted, stop. were you quoting eight mile? Yeah, Ben. Eight mile. Okay, good. Great. I just want to make sure Classic. we're on the same page. 
RIP Brittany you're, Murphy. You're right in terms of, yeah, you're only getting one chance to do it. So I wanted to, you know, do variety here. With Holloway, it's going to be every week or every couple weeks you're going to see if he can stay undefeated. This one, it's just, you're right, one one chance. Now, this is their best shot, though, don't you think, given the ages of all the athletes that are involved? I think this is the best go they're going to have at it. The thing is they, you know, because track's individual sport, they're not thinking they're not thinking collectively, perhaps. But a thing Mo can't do the double, eight and four are, are like right on top of each other at World Champs. Shout out to the schedule makers. So I think for her, though, regardless of what she does in the individual event, I think ripping an awesome relay split again is going to be something on her to-do list because she's going she's to need that challenge. Like, okay, what else do I do? And same thing with the women in the four-meter hurdles. The problem is with the four-meter hurdles, they're going to have each other, so it's always going to be a battle. I like your prediction. Time for me? My bonus prediction? Yeah, your, your bonus one. Go ahead. Uh, I was trying to figure out how to get a prediction that involved this athlete because we're likely going to talk about this athlete many times throughout 2022. And I went with Sha'Carri Richardson. My bold prediction for her season is she does not run a PB in 2022. I think she does not improve her time from 2022. I think she still runs well. She still breaks 11. You know, she still runs close to her PB. But I think this will be a mulligan year for her in 2022. It may be negative, but yeah, the 100. 200 she'll probably PB because she has a slow PB in the 200. But 100. 107. 10.72. So she could run 10.73, but she's not going to run yes. 10.71. That's what you're saying. Correct. Here's what you should have done with this prediction. Oh, okay. It's, it's fine prediction, but this is what you should have done as a master of predictions. Okay. You should have said, Shakari Richardson won't set a personal best in 2022, but she'll win the gold. See, no, I'm not doing that, though. She's not winning the gold. You just say, hey, it's going to be a be... slow year. It's going to be a slow year for that. There's going to be a lot of headwinds I, in 2022. I did say, didn't I say that in one of the events? I think I did say, like, this is going to be a tactical 100. Like, it's going to yeah, be slow. That was, but yeah, that was me. It was pretty classic, I think. And then Elaine Thompson, her <laughs> ran 10.54. Uh, I thought about the women's 100 a lot because I wanted to make a prediction about it as well because it is going to be a massive event, a massive storyline all year. I mean, I don't think her winning is outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, she's run ten seven. Yeah, but she, I mean, does your reaction to the way she ran post coming back after a thirty day ban did that flip your brain cells a little bit to like, hey, maybe you know, because the trajectory after the trials was up, 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 like nothing stopped. Like this is. She's run up the hill, and it's never it's never coming to an end. But now, like seeing her three, two or three races post uh, the ban, it didn't look good. And it's not about I'm I, I'm even throwing out the Prefontaine race because like whatever, yeah. That's you she you shut it down like what you can just throw that out. But like her other like European races weren't like I'm a ten seven mm-hmm. runner. They were coming off like I'm a you know, yeah, I just a uh, fringe all American NCAA runner type stuff. 
I think the whole season got screwed up when she had the suspension. Yeah. I'm sure that was devastating for her. So I'm throwing all that out and I'm just doing clean slate. And I'm just saying we can't assume it's going to be another 10-5, 10-6 year in the women's 100. I hope it is, but we need to appreciate how special that was. And, you know, you're one injury away from that that event taking a major major blow. So could a t- could a 10-7 win in Eugene? Yeah, I think absolutely it could. Is it going to? Probably not. But but I don't think we can expect to see what we saw last year again. I think that was a generational season for the women's 100. Yeah. I just, which is the thing know. which is the thing I I wonder if not just Richardson but all the other women in the 100 are thinking, "Hey, if it's 10-5, okay. I'm fine. Like let's you you can walk with your head held high losing to a 10-5. But you can't count on that happening. So just put your head down. You know, keep keep going for what you're going for. Don't get discouraged and, you know, maybe 10-7 will be enough. Like you just don't you don't know when the opportunity is going to avail itself. And when you go against all-time greats like Frazier Price and Elaine Thompson, hurrah! If they're if they're at their best, there's nothing you can do. But there's also a chance because sports happens, uh, and sports operates in weird way in weird ways uh, that they won't be that at that level again. And something there'll be a break that goes your way, a false start, something like that. And then you need to be there to to take advantage. So it, it the the mentality can't just be all or nothing, is is what I'm saying. Like anytime you're going against an all time great in an individual sport, it's, it's hard not to measure yourself against these athletes, but you know, if Elaine Thompson or all runs even faster in 2022, no one's beating her. It's just end of story. Yeah. I think Shakari is going to have like a, a good year, not a great year. Maybe a, 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 maybe not even good, maybe just above average year. I think she still runs like maybe she runs 10, eight once and 10, seven once. And I think she maybe gets like, fifth or sixth at worlds but then in 2023 after just kind of having a whole year of just like resetting it resetting the mindset resetting like your ability 2023 she's gonna run out of her mind in like may of 2023 and then she's gonna be like the top dog all of 2023 going into worlds of 2023 and then that's when we will know like the true potential of her if she's going to be running these 10 sixes that she claims she can do these 10 low 10 sevens all this stuff and then now kind of project her into you know 2024 but i think 2022 is going to be the year of good but not great top six in the world but not number one in the world and then it's going to set her up for 2023 where she will become the top person in the world so i'm not saying she's not she's she's done for a career she's still so young i just think she's going to need a mulligan year because this whole if she if that ban doesn't happen there's going to be no need for a mulligan year but i feel like she needs this mulligan year and that's why i'm predict predicting you don't pb in 2022 get the most obviously this yeah i mean there's the the suspension which was unprecedented in terms of all the media attention around it and the timing and every everything that went into it but there's also the fact of going up against two of the best women in history having their best season two of the two of the yeah. three fastest women in history having their best season 
and that's tough to deal with too and that's why i think a lot of a lot of this is going to be interesting to watch early season just to see what type of marks get laid down and how that changes the different women's approach to it because if it's looking like a slower year i i think she'll do better than sixth this year uh, i'm not going to predict her to win right now because you know with thompson her on and Fraser Price, but I, I think she'll do better than six. I think she could medal this year for sure. Um, all right, I got one more. This is my only negative. This is my only negative one. But listen, the event has to slow down at some point, and it's no fun to bet against world records. And usually, that's not a bold prediction. Wow, Kevin, you're predicting the fastest time in history won't be run in 2022. Yeah, but listen, if in 2021 the world record got broken. Time after time, on both the men's and the women's side, this counts as a bold prediction. And I'm saying there will not be any world records in the men's formula hurdles or the women's formula hurdles in 2022. I think those times in Tokyo, those races in Tokyo were special. And it is going to take a lot to recreate those circumstances again. And Eugene is going to be quick. but what we saw there I think is going to hold at least for a year. We'll still get great races. Warholm Benjamin is going to be awesome. McLaughlin Muhammad is going to be great, but I think those times will hold. And it's a testament to the event that that feels like a bold prediction. I feel like I'm going on a limb saying, you know what? 4594 for the men's formula hurdles. It's going to last at least a year. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, the timing, the the year off, the Olympics, the two athletes in their prime, the one has never beaten the other, the one trying to hold off the other, um, all that led to greatness on the women's and men's side. And I think they're just not going to have that that edge of like I need to be great. I mean, I mean, the only person who's going to have like the most edge, I feel, will be Rye, because now that Sydney's won, Delilah's already won. They're both like doing great things together in the four by four. There's like, what's one extra medal for either of them, right? It's kind of like, okay, I, I want that extra medal, but it's not life or death. For Karsten, he's like, I've already broken the world record. I've already won year after year after year. Mm-hmm. Rye is the only guy of those four who's like still itching for that that moment, like for that career moment, which would be getting a gold. So I could see if anyone's going to break the world record, it would be Rye because he's the one who has the most to run for. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Rye Benjamin would be the one to do it. But I could see Rye maybe running 45.99 or something like that joining the 45 <laughs> second club and getting the win over warholm but yeah outside of that yeah i don't see any world records the argument for it going down is they're just their competitors are so fast and it's not just muhammad mclaughlin warholm benjamin like you got to throw in dos santos there you got to throw in femke bowl like the competition is just so fast that in order to win gold they're going to have to run that quickly. But as it stands right now, I agree with you uh, in terms of the, the on the Benjamin dynamic. The most, the thing I'm most interested in seeing in 2022 in the Formula Hurdles is can Benjamin beat Warholm? 
Like that's just an interesting thing I'm watching, and I'm more focused on that than does someone run faster than 45.94. Now you could say, hey, Benjamin's going to need to run faster than 45.94 to beat Warholm, and I wouldn't argue with you on that point because you have a couple years of history that that align with that. But I I think we're to the point now where you're just like you're just really interested in the competition and less of the record chase. Now maybe if 2022, Benjamin does upset him in Eugene. Gets gold and the world record. Okay, then it's kind of fun because then, all right, how many times is this world record going to trade back and forth between these two guys or with Muhammad and McLaughlin on the women's side? But like right now, I'm just mainly focused on the competition and less on the times just because the time got pushed already to a place that I didn't think it was going to go to. Yeah. Well, excited to find out. Do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions? Me personally, yeah. As a track, okay, as a track fan, or just as my own for my own development, just as a Kevin Sully human being. Oh, uh, I got two. Okay, I got right. two. Uh, I want to read thirty books in twenty twenty two, and I'm counting two that I read at the end of twenty twenty one, just because that was my my little push in. So. Marty and two. Running start, relay split. There we go. Okay. Yes, exactly. The key to New Year's resolutions is give yourself the relay split. Count your relay split as your PR. Don't ha- you don't have to start from a standing start for a New Year's resolution. Uh, and the other one, this is going to sound uh, not that impressive to people who uh, lift weights, but you know I'm a distance runner. I was a distance runner, so I was never prioritizing lifting weights. I just started doing it at the back half of 2021. And I want to bench 200 pounds. Ooh, okay, where are you at right now? 155, which is not that okay. impressive. But that's way better than I was before. And I'm not, I'm not like benching every day. I'm just lifting weights. And then every now and then I'll, I'll take a shot at it. But I was, you know, you, you probably had the same thoughts on weights as me. It's like, hey, if you bench your weight, that's pretty good. But then I was talking to my neighbor who lifts weights. And he's like, yeah, that's like running a 10-minute mile. And then I got really humbled and sad about it for a while. But then I was like, you know what? That's okay. Like people can be proud about 10 minute miles and people can be proud about benching their weight. Now I weigh less than 200. So this is an out there goal for me. This is, this would be really, really pushing it. But I thought let's just, let's just go for it. Uh, I haven't been doing it for very long. Just as a 10 minute miler can improve a lot and get down to 915. Maybe I can go all the way to 200 pounds. Who knows? Do you have one? It's good. I do have one. I decided, I thought about it over a holiday break. I was playing some pickup basketball. And I love basketball, as you guys know, listening to the pod, big Sixers fan. Trust the process, 3 0, baby, right now. Um, I want to learn. Wait, yeah, hold on. Stop, stop, three... stop. <laughs> oh, you've won three in a row. It's like the we've season. Won three has in a row. Been more than three games. No, we're three and zero. If you don't count, you you only count back to the first, the most recent loss. So we're three and zero. I want to be able to dunk a basketball by the end of the year. I think if I put my heart and mind to it, I'm six foot three, so there's an advantage there. I got the heart and mind. I love basketball. I also was thinking, hey, I have connections to the track and field high jumper world. I should get a bunch of high jumpers on the podcast who can teach me like, hey, what do you do to jump higher? Because there's probably like specific type of things you can do. Like, is it box jumps? I don't, 
I don't know, like something to strengthen the legs for more leaps. And I think I could do it. Do that? I think I think I could do it by the end of the year. The, the, here's uh, there are there are definitely red flags all over the place. <laughs> First red flag is there are legitimately are NBA players who barely dunk, and they're like yeah. one of the top 500 basketball players in the world, and they can't even dunk. So that kind of worries me. Like that, if they can't do it, why should I be able to do it? I'm old. 34 is an old mm-hmm. age to be dunking. Um, I don't know. I can't palm a basketball because my hands aren't big enough. So I may have to, halfway through the year, make a audible and be like, dunking a smaller basketball still counts. Right? Yeah. yeah I never said it had to that. be regular. The, the hoop needs to be regulation. Like the height, I'm not going to yeah. be dunking a Fisher Price hoop, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking of it out right now of like, okay, can I do this? But December 31st, 2022, meet me out back on the, the street court. I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to be ready to go. We'll live stream it. And I'm going to go for my first ever dunk. Hopefully I will have dunked before then to make yeah, sure like I'm, I'm not going to fail. I'll have to do a definitely How do close a are you now? How close are you now? Not that close. I'm probably like to like touching the rim. Can you touch the rim? Not right now. Oh, hold on. Hold I think on. I can Producer touch Colt. like Producer Colt, four turn your inches mic on. underneath the rim. Producer Colt, turn your mic on so everybody can hear you. I'm here. Uh, What's up? Okay, Colt. Uh, yes. You're a you're an impartial observer of this of this podcast. Um, yeah. You've never seen Gordon in real life though. What do you think of his goal? You know, honestly, I was really shocked to hear Gordon was fi- like six three. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's a good sign. I feel like you have a chance. I am worried that we're going to have a Tom Segura situation here. Ooh, yeah. And you're just going to (laughs) break every part of your body and then have to be in a cast for the rest of the podcast for the year. So I don't want that to happen, but I think you have a decent shot. That's a good point. I I was able to touch rim when I was in high school. When I was in high school, I could touch rim. That doesn't mean anything now though. You understand that, right? Yeah, but like you know, there's think about how fast you could run in high school and how not fast you can run now. That's a good point too. Show people how. I know my body has done it. What's that? Your arms are long. Put your arms up. Show people how long your arms are. Oh wow! No, you you can definitely dunk. You can definitely dunk. You should should do do it. Look at that arm. Look at that wingspan. (laughs) I think a golf ball. Like a Michael Phelps over here. These are dunking arms right here. That's a really weird angle to make it look like I have long arms. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Colt, do you think I can bench 200? Definitely. Wow, you're very optimistic, Colt. You really believe in us. You know you don't need to say this, right? I haven't haven't seen you in person, so I also don't know how big you are. You know? like Not very. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. I will say this though, starting uh, lifting weights in 2021 did make me think, oh, even though I'm old, I can still get better at stuff. Now I was starting from a very low point, but like we think we're wa- more washed than we are as human beings. Cause you compare yourself to your high school self and then you get hurt once and you kind of just throw in the towel, but like you can still get something out of your body. Now, yeah. will it completely break and crumble? Is there a chance of that happening? Yeah. But we'll film it, and it'll be funny, Gordon. Yeah, definitely make sure you film it, Gordon. 
it'll be oh, a waste yeah. if you hurt yourself and it's not on camera so <laughs> well yeah i mean i'm gonna film the first one at least i need i have like the base phase i haven't done the base jump yet like the starting point so i can like break it down we'll maybe do a dunk breakdown i'll look yeah. at it see my form be like, all right this is what i need to fix and then i plan I on reaching should... out to some high jumpers to ask them hey what do i need to do what do you do to practice jumping higher i don't know what it is I, so. I think your ability to train though is going to be really hampered by your ability to just stay healthy so you need to like really go slow at first with the training and not go crazy like if your goal is to do this by december 31st like you need to use all 12 months because if you just start yeah. doing like a whole bunch of box jumps on january 10th you're going to not be able to move the next day and you're going to get like tendonitis immediately. Like you got to be yeah, really slow and not be afraid to be really far off early on. And, and I think, I mean, it would be interesting to see you're just standing vert. You need one of those standing vert measures things. That's what you need. Yeah. It's going to be really pathetic. You... It's going to be pathetic. That's <laughs> well, yeah, it will be, but that's the, that's the fun in it. But yeah. trying to improve your vertical when you're in your late 30s is just not something <laughs> many people do. If I pull it off, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a great story. They'll, they'll write. They'll make movies about it. The one time. No, they will. I. I just don't like. You hear people running faster marathons when they're older because they haven't done it before. But usually, it's. I mean, this is almost equivalent to you saying, "I want to get like you want to set your hundred meter PB now." No, now, you never tried to set a hundred meter PB before, but you ran the quarter, so you probably could have run a pretty decent hundred. Yeah. And then now you're going to train and try to get it. I don't know. It's going to be okay. What would what would be easier? Let's let's rank uh, feats. What would be easiest for me to do by the end of the year, knowing that I'm very out of shape? I only run like twenty minutes a day, so I'm not like out there running. That's fine. Dunkers don't run that much. Yeah. But like it's it's a slow it's a slow twenty minutes, you know. All right, you're explosive now. I don't eat that healthy. Like I eat great dinners because I eat healthy <laughs> dinners, but lunch is not great, healthy. I eat great dinners. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I I like soda. I might find myself drinking okay, a soda every other day, which isn't good, right? So that all you so find yourself really, drinking a soda. Well, it's like I want sugar in my system, so I'm like, I'm gonna drink a soda right now. Um, okay. So what? Sh so okay, what would be the easiest ranking? Dunking a basketball, running a sub five minute mile, or breaking fifty five seconds in a four hundred. Which would be the hardest? Yeah. Which one should? Which one would be the easiest? Oh, the easiest would probably be the the running. Which one? The five minute mile. See, I feel like and that would I be the hardest because that requires no. a lot more. Just run with JoJo five or six days a week, and then yeah. pray that you have any speed. Yeah, that's good. You point. could do that because the physicality, the physical elements involved in running a sub five minute mile are not as limiting as they are dunking a basketball or running a sub 55 in the quarter yeah i think sub 55 would sub 55 might for you actually be harder than dunking 
So I don't know. I need a I need a baseline because you are tall and you do have long arms. And like if you do change it to dunking a mini ball, then it becomes a little bit different. I just want to see this, man. If you could dunk, that'd be pretty cool. I feel like you'd walk around with a little bit of a more of a pep in your step. I would, right? right? Like you'd show up at some of these staff meetings and instead of just like being like, oh, I'm tuned, you just like have your you'd be like, What? Someone say something about dunking? No, Gordon, we were talking about uh, the budget. Oh, okay. So I can dunk, by the way. Just to let you guys know. Keep going. <laughs> we'll put a video of the dunk as like the intro for the podcast. Like you don't meet many people like in your regular life who are just like out there dunking. So Exactly. But maybe that means it's actually easier than we think because people are just aren't trying to do it. No, I think it's maybe I think so it's many there's more dunkers hard. out there than we know because you know, All right, listen, here's the thing. If you coach high jump or jumping, you know, email in flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Give Gordon some tips, some advice. My only thing would just be you need to go slow and you're going to need to actually work at it. Like you're going to need to do exercises frequently and you're going to need to, I mean, you're going to need to just stay healthy all year and have yeah. a very slow build, I think. Because, yeah. I mean, Listen, I'm six foot. I could get in as great a shape as possible, but I'm not going to be able to dunk. It's just not. So some of this is not up to you. Some of this has already been predetermined. <laughs> but to give yourself the best shot, I think you need to figure out a way to keep the hamstrings and the I quads mean, and the patella tendon attached. I have fast twitch muscles in me. I mean, I ran the 400 in college. So, yeah, But they've been, Gordon, they've been hibernating for 15 years now. But like, it's not like I'm before. in college I was – a 5k 10k guy where like it's not you know like in college i was like you know doing more explosive type stuff with my body now again that was now over 10 years ago so yeah a whole decade has passed a but, couple of years ago you told me you were going to try to break two in the eight so i just want you to 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 follow yeah. through on this well i never actually That's tried what? that i said it and then i never did one like <laughs> form of exercise towards that goal. I just said it and then never went for it. The okay. funny thing about that, the person who I made that goal with yeah. ran 147 last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's kind of wild. Yeah. Person, so <laughs> I was like, Were yeah, let's break two. Run? And then he went on four years later running 147. So you took well, that goal to really be, seriously. And to be I went fair, on he had and, run... Hadn't he run 146 before or something like that? He, he really run 147 in college, but yeah, yeah, he was three years out of shape. And he's like, I want to break yeah. two again. I was like, all right, me too. I can do it. I ran 157 once. And then he actually, four years later, is now running 147. So you need to find a, someone who used to be able to dunk and, and try yeah. that. I, find a, I think you should go to a basketball court. Don't hurt yourself. Don't do it like 12 times. But just just do a nice solid run through just to give yourself a starting point. It might yeah. give you more confidence. And film it. And yeah, film it. Send it to and me. then we'll, we'll play it on the pod and be like, all right, we yeah. can put the odds out there of what they think the chances of me updating this yeah. dunk form by Des moments later. December thirty first, twenty twenty one. Can Ken Gordon dunk? I mean, I almost you're... think we need. I almost think we need like monthly updates from Gordon here. Yeah. Right. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, because here's the thing. Month it's different month. than running an 800. A running an 800 is like a lot of pain. And to go out there and ask you to run an 800 every month, you're just eventually going to be like, no. But we can be yeah, like, hey, Gordon, yeah. go to the middle school, 
just try it and, and film it and then we can look at it i think you do but, have long arms like you're not just one of those people who's tall and then you have you know, you know and it's all torso like your arms are pretty long too so i think once you extend all the way up like you're farther along than a lot of nba players are yeah look at these arms look at these arms just not a credit these... to you oh yeah. look at that long arms. <laughs> all right we'll leave it there uh the email address flowcheckpodcast at gmail.com right in uh let us know your bold predictions for 2022 and also uh your advice to helping gordon dunk thanks to travis thanks to colt We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.